My name is Roberto Lopez. I grew up in Mexico City and relocated to Texas in 1998, where I got a job remodeling houses. The company I worked for was located in Texarkana, which is a city located between the Texas and Arkansas border. We would do jobs mostly on the Texas side, but we would often get contracts in the neighboring states of Louisiana and Oklahoma as well. Our workforce was comprised of mostly immigrants, including myself. However, I was the only one in my crew who could speak both English and Spanish. I quickly rose to a supervisor position because of this, and after a while, the owner of the company allowed me to go out and do jobs on my own. Ever since I was a child, I have been able to see things that most people can't. I've never invested much into the notion of the paranormal. Being from Mexico, my family were all devout Catholics and extremely superstitious. I'm not going to go into it too much, but I learned at a very young age to keep my mouth shut. Anyway, I got a call from my boss one early Saturday morning, and he told me that he needed me to head to a property in Oklahoma the next day. The owner had just bought the land and wanted an estimate on some repairs, so I made the four-hour drive the very next day and pulled up to the address. As soon as I saw the place, it gave me the chills. Whenever someone says, haunted house, you may picture an old two-story home with shattered windows, cracked walls, and a roof that looks like it could collapse at any moment, a contractor's worst nightmare. This house checked all of those boxes. There was a rusted dual swing entry gate with one side lying on the ground and the other barely holding on to its hinges. I parked my truck outside the gate, grabbed my flashlight and clipboard, and headed toward the old house. I was told that the owner had left the place unlocked for me, and I was free to walk around and take notes. The front door opened with a creak, loud enough to wake the dead. The house was in complete disarray. There were several holes in the floor and ceiling. Mold covered nearly every inch of the walls, and weeds were growing in the fucking living room. It also had that unpleasant smell of mildew from all the water damage. There was no telling how long this place had been abandoned for. In my honest opinion, the owner was better off bulldozing it and building a new one. I remembered that the only thing I wrote down was, Everything is broken. Nevertheless, I figured I would look around anyway and give my boss all the details. There was a staircase that led to the second floor. On the wall to the left of the stairs, someone had wrote a message in black paint. It lives upstairs. Whoever left this message looked like they did it in quite a hurry, and it certainly didn't help the creeped out feeling in my gut. As I mentioned before, I have always been sensitive to the supernatural. But unlike most people with this ability, I don't really make a big deal out of it. Do I see ghosts sometimes? Sure. When I was a kid, they really freaked me out. But after a while, I got used to it. Upon seeing the painted message and making my way up the stairs, I felt something that I had never felt before. When I got to the top of the stairs, it felt like I was in imminent danger. Something truly evil lived in this house. At the top of the stairs was a hallway, 
At the far end was a corridor with two doors on either side. I watched in absolute horror as the door on the right slowly opened and a dark figure emerged. When you encounter something unnatural and inhuman, its appearance is actually amusing at first. That's just your mind coping with something that should never be seen walking this earth. I remember letting out a chuckle before pure terror took over. The shape that stood in the hallway was pitch black with a surmounting pair of horns. Its upper half resembled that of a bodybuilder. However, there was something strange about its legs. It almost seemed like they were backward at first, but after a moment, I realized where its feet should be were a pair of hooves. The thing uttered an ear-piercing shriek. causing me to topple backward down the steps. Once I landed at the bottom, I immediately scrambled to my feet, not caring about the pain, and I hauled ass back to my truck. After I got in and turned on the engine, I remembered seeing a dark shadow looking down at me from one of the upstairs windows. I drove back to my company's headquarters and informed my boss that the place was unsalvageable and the owner was better off tearing it down which was the truth. But I left out the part about the demonic encounter on the second level. To make a long story short, I needed this job, and my boss could be a real jackass sometimes, and I thought it was best to keep this incident to myself. Since that day, I have never encountered anything like that before, and I hope I never do again. Take my story for what it's worth. If you're skeptical, I'll tell you this. Until you experience it yourself, you'll have a hard time believing any of this. But I'm telling you, there are dark forces in this world, just waiting to be awakened. I am a 30-year-old Haitian-American female, and I grew up in New Orleans. If you've never been to New Orleans, voodoo is ingrained in our culture. Many here believe that through voodoo, we can communicate with nature, spirits, and our ancestors. However, my grandmother was a witch. She had been practicing black magic ever since I can remember. She was a very shrewd and unpleasant person to be around. My mother was a very weak person. I really hate putting it that way, but it's the truth. My grandmother controlled every aspect of her life and by extension controlled me as well. By the time I attended middle school, my grandmother was bedridden. She was diagnosed with lung cancer and didn't have long left. At school, there was this group of girls that would pick on me. Back then, I was severely overweight, so naturally, it made me a target. It was around December when my grandmother's condition went from bad to worse. She had lasted longer than the doctors expected, but she was now on the verge of death. My mother and I went to the hospital for the last time to see her. When she saw us, she immediately told my mom to wait out in the hallway and beckoned to me over to come sit in the chair next to her bed. I wanted to tell her what an awful person she was, but even in her ill-stricken state, I was still frightened of her. While I sat there, she placed her hand on my lap 
and spoke to me in Creole. I know that you hate me, and I understand why. I'm not going to justify myself to you. But I want you to know that I do care about you and your mother very much. You are my blood, and nothing will change that. She then pointed to a necklace with a vial lying on the tray next to her bed. I picked it up and looked my dying grandmother in the eyes. I know that you're being picked on at school. I want you to keep this with you. The vial contains the blood of a demon. The next time you encounter them, open it. I'm not asking you. She then told me to leave the room and for my mother to come in. She passed away later that night. I returned to school the week before winter break. At the end of the day, I really had to use the restroom, and I knew that the bathrooms by the school's exit would be packed, so I elected to use the bathrooms in the girls' locker room instead. After taking care of business, I opened the stall door to see my three bullies waiting for me. Did you have a good shit? Two of the girls grabbed my arms and slammed me against the wall. The third held up a bottle of laxative and said, You know, you would be a pretty good looking girl if you weren't so overweight. The girls and I decided that, today, we're going to help you out. Now be a good girl and open wide. She tried to get me to drink the laxative, but I refused. I said open it, or I'll stuff this down your throat. There was a struggle and I managed to shove the two girls off of me and quickly grabbed the vial hanging from my neck. Before I knew it, the girl in front of me was splattered with a red liquid across her face. What the fuck? She then glanced into the mirror beside her and screamed. She turned back to me and her two friends. What are you? Stay the fuck away from me. She then ran out of the bathroom screaming her head off. The two other girls followed after her. To make a long story short, I was never picked on again, and I also never saw that girl again. I even heard rumors that she had to be checked into a mental hospital, although I was never able to confirm that. I hope that whatever freaked her out that day wasn't permanent. The scary part is that I didn't even realize that I had thrown the blood on her. It was like something took me over and forced me to do it. I have absolutely no doubts that what my grandmother told me was true, but I still have no idea how she managed to get a hold of demon blood. Before I end my story, I want people to know that this wasn't a voodoo spell. This was something else entirely. And as I said before, I really hope that the effects weren't permanent. There's no telling what became of that girl. The moral of the story is try to be kind to one another, because the person you're picking on just might be related to a black witch. These events took place in the summer of 2016. I had just graduated high school about three weeks before this incident. I was enjoying my summer vacation before I started college in a few months. I wasn't very popular in my school, so I didn't have very many friends. Among the few I did have was Harold. Remember that name because he'll become more relevant later on. 
So while other guys my age went out to clubs and drank, I had the unique hobby of going to garage sales. Whenever I would see a sign in my neighborhood, the collector in me takes over. I don't ever look for anything in particular, so if anything happened to catch my eye and is within my price range, I had to have it. So when I stumbled upon an old Ouija board one day, I thought I had struck gold. I heard about people using Ouija boards to communicate with spirits, but I wasn't sure if the whole thing was real or not. So after bringing home the board, I called up Harold so we could try it out, and he was down for it. We waited until my parents and my brother were out of the house. My family went out to Olive Garden that night, and I told them that I wasn't feeling well, and I wanted to stay home and get some rest. So around 7.30 they left, and 15 minutes later, Harold was at my door. We did our usual greeting and wasted no time setting everything up. Now, at this point, both me and Harold had no dead relatives that we had known personally to contact, so we both just wanted to see if we could communicate with any lingering spirits. Once the lights were off and the candles were lit, Harold started to get hesitant. Are you sure we should be doing this? What if we become possessed or something? Dude, come on, don't be a puss. This is our chance to find out if this thing actually works. Eh, well, alright then. We both placed our hands on the planchette. Is there anyone here? The planchette moved to the word yes. You're not moving it, are you? No, of course not. I then asked another question. Are you a good spirit? The planchette then suddenly moved to the word... No. I could see from the look on Harold's face that he was on the verge of a panic attack. Oh shit, I told you this was a bad idea. Looking back, he was correct. But despite his warnings, I made the dumbest decision of my life and pressed on. Just calm down, man. Nothing has happened so far. Look, if we tread lightly, we should be fine. Let's just see what it has to say. I then addressed the spirit directly. What do you want? The planchette then spelled out an ominous message. Y O U R L I V E S Your Lives All of a sudden, the candles blew out and the room went dark. Harold and I let out frightened yelps. At the same time, I heard a strange thump very close to us. I bolted for the light switch and flipped them on. What I saw next chilled me to the bone. Mere inches from Harold's head was a fork embedded into the wall behind him. It was the same fork I had used earlier and tossed into the sink, just before Harold showed up. Harold took one look at it and lost his shit. Fuck this, dude. I knew this was a bad idea from the beginning. I am out of here. I didn't stop him. In fact, I couldn't even move. I just sat there looking at the protruding utensil in disbelief. After hearing the door slam, I remembered that my family would be home any minute, so I quickly put the board back into its box 
put the candles back in their usual spots, and finally unstuck the fork from the wall and threw it back into the sink. Once I was in bed and my mind began to race. Did that really happen? Did we make contact with something? Since I had to work the next day, I told myself that I would think about it more tomorrow. Shortly after, I fell asleep. I had no idea what time it was when I woke up on my backside, with my head resting on my slanted pillow. The moonlight shining in from the window provided decent lighting to the room. Now, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night, but rarely ever on my backside. I tried to flip back onto my side, only to realize I couldn't move. I tried again, but my body wouldn't budge. I immediately became unsettled. I've never experienced sleep paralysis before, yet here I was, still as a statue, unable to move a muscle. It was then that I took a look around my room. What I saw next caused my insides to shrivel up and die. In front of my sliding closet doors was a black, humanoid mass. The figure was too thin and bony to be my father. He's a big guy, and this did not match his build at all. Once my eyes adjusted to the lighting, I saw more of its details. It was about eight feet tall. Its head was elongated and gaunt, probably about a foot from chin to scalp. It had stretched out skin, and its eyes were tiny dots filled with nothing but blackness. I can't recall seeing a nose or ears. Its mouth hung open with jagged, canine-like teeth. Whatever it was, it was unearthly, unholy, and terrifying. Just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, it began to move toward me. It slowly approached me, stopping at the foot of my bed. Its arms began to stretch, extending to the floor. I then saw several tendrils out of the corner of my eye, slowly creeping up beside me. I still couldn't move a muscle. I was unable to do a damn thing about it. I could only watch in terror as the limbs began to wrap around my forearms like a snake, squeezing me like a field mouse. I stared into its black eyes as the creature's jaw began to open. The last thing I remember is the thing leaping forward with its mouth agape. I finally jolted awake, letting out the loudest scream I could possibly utter. It was only after my family burst into my room that I realized that I could move again. My mother immediately came over to check on me as my brother and father exchanged confused looks in my doorway. Unsurprisingly, I didn't sleep for the rest of that night. When morning finally came, I called Harold and told him what happened. It turns out, he had the same nightmare as me. However, in his encounter, the creature did not attack him. We both concluded that what we contacted that night was an extremely hostile, possibly demonic entity. We both knew what had to be done. He came back over later that afternoon, 
and we threw the board into my fire pit and burned it until there was nothing left. Ever since, neither of us have had another encounter. So to my message to all those who are listening is, do not fuck with Ouija boards. <laughs>